Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Welcome to CT Church. We're so glad to have you here this morning. Um, you can ask any students, any of the high school grads that have been with me for a while, or any other high school students that are in here, I, I don't like to stand over the pulpit. And if you've seen me preach before, you know I don't like to stand over the pulpit. I like to move, and I don't know what it is. I just get fidgety, I guess. Whatever. Um, but what a great morning of promotion. So proud of each of these graduates. Um, you know, the, the, the high school graduates, not, not to say anything against the high school graduates from last year, but uh, I've been with these guys for three years um, and just kind of dived in their lives, and they've just kind of accepted me as their youth pastor, whether they liked it or not. Uh, but I'm going to miss them. They're all each special in their own way, some of them a little more special than others, uh, but I love them, and I'm going I'm to miss them. But today I want to talk to you about a sin that I struggle with. I was talking, uh, actually I didn't talk to Pastor Doug, I thought about it, I didn't, and I was like, I'm just going to surprise the congregation with this. Um, but there's a sin I struggle with greatly, we all struggle with sin, but there's one that, you know, every time it, it happens, I'm just reminded of it, and it happens so often. But every time I'm driving down the road, and I see those little black and white signs on the side that have numbers on them, I'm normally not underneath that number. I'm typically over that number, and you know, the Bible says, obey the laws of the land, right? That's one that I have the most difficult time with, and I blame my mother. I don't think any of you have ever driven with my mother, but she has a lead foot. So much so that my, my friends in high school, whenever uh, I was actually graduating, he said, dude, you should get your mom a gift when you graduate. And I was like, what is that? He said, you should get her a race car helmet. And so uh, I have a lead foot um, just like my mother. And so I'm always, okay, not always. I sometimes am under. If you're a cop in here, please close your ears. And don't get behind me. Um, but I, I have a really tough time doing that because I like to just get there. Anyone else in here just like to get there and just be done? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy driving. I don't like taking my time driving for some reason. Um, but something that I learned that was like, I did not know this was illegal to do. I was riding, we were riding in the van, coming back from the men's baseball game, and Jeremy Voles, who's a detective, was sitting behind me, and we're driving, and we're on 35, and this dude passes us on the right. Jeremy's like, that's illegal. We're like, what? So apparently, no matter which lane you're in, it is illegal to pass someone on the right. I didn't know that. I, had to, I have to, like, change my whole driving structure on the highway <laughs> because, like, I don't like people who drive in the left lane and drive slow. Like, get over, dude. Like, I'm that, I'm that guy that will... Um, Get up behind you, slow down. And get up behind you, slow down, because I'm like, get over, right? Left lanes for passing only. Um, some people need to learn that and hear that today. Uh, no offense, no offense. Jesus loves you. I want you to move over. Um, but today we're going to talk about driving, and I titled this sermon, The No-Handed Driver. Who in here, when you're driving down I-35 or 1604 and you're just cruising, cruising, there's no like heavy traffic, it's not like bumper to bumper, it's just like wide open, not necessarily wide open, but there's 
you know, you, you can drive, and you drive with one hand on the wheel. Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. A lot of us do, you know. It's not necessarily the safest thing, um, and I know that. It's not correct, you know. Anything could happen, so you should have two hands on the wheel to be prepared. I know we, we all get it. Um, but when we're cruising, we just use one hand because it's the easiest. It's typically the most comfortable. You know, every now and then I might throw the second hand up there, kind of like just have the two fingers on the bottom, you know, so I technically have two hands on the wheel. Um, but that's how we typically drive through life is with one hand on the wheel, right? I'm 26, um, so I've only been through a quarter of my life so far, and yes, I'm living till I turn 100. Then I'll think about dying, um, unless the Lord comes, you know, obviously. But I know through my 26 years kind of what cruising through life feels like. You know, when I was in college, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year of college, I was kind of on cruise control because there was no big changes going on. I knew the next semester I was going to be going back to classes, working for HEB. Like, I knew, like, it was the same old thing. Like, there was no big changes. There was no this or that. Um, I always knew what was coming next. Like, the most thing that might have changed was, like, roommates in college. That was it. Um, for others in here today, that might look different, cruising through life with one hand on the wheel. It might mean there's no big decisions coming up, right? No job changes. There might be a promotion. That'd be cool, right? But no job changes, no big life events. And we kind of feel like sometimes life is on cruise control. We're just cruising, right? And kind of we just have that one hand on the wheel cruising down the interstate. Um, and I want to say that there's nothing wrong. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with living life with one hand on the wheel. It's enjoyable. Like, we enjoy it. I love living life with one hand on the wheel. It's relaxful. We just, we're just cruising. We're going. Like, we're keeping up with the status quo, right? Now, some of y'all, your, your life with one hand on the wheel might be crazy because you've got, like, you know, four kids. I think of, like, Crystal. You've got four kids, and they're all doing something different. They're all in different sports. They're all in different that, but everything's the same. Status quo. Might be a crazy cruise. You might be really on the pedal, like going 100 miles an hour, but you're cruising, right? I don't think anyone cruises at 100 miles an hour, but anyways. But while we're cruising through life, what happens when the car in front of us slams on the brake? What happens when the car in front of us slams on the brake? that's when we typically put up two hands on the wheel. My first reaction when I see brake lights is automatically, bam, I got that second hand up there, right? Because, you know, I'm not like playing over here on my phone or anything, right? But my hand's kind of just there resting, and so when I see brake lights, boom, I throw the second hand up there because I want that control. When I was uh, 19, I had this beautiful red Mustang. I love that thing. It was an 05, so it was the first year that they came out with the new body style for the Ford Mustangs. I love that car. Um, I felt like I was the top dog on the road in that car, and my mom always told me, you're in a red Mustang, son, and you're a teenager. Watch out. Cops are looking for you. Um, bright, shiny red, shiny red Mustang. Um, but I, was, uh, I lived out in the country with my grandparents, and uh, I went to school at SAC, and so every morning when I'd come in, I'd come in 87, I'd get on 410, going north, 
And then when I'd go get to the 35 south, I'd do the little interchange and go around, drop down on the 35 uh, going south. And so one morning I'm headed to class, and I drop down on 35. I finally get in the left lane because I'm a left lane kind of driver. I like to drive fast and get around and go places. Uh, I get in the left lane, I'm driving, and I'm not paying attention to the road. And of course, in that moment, the guy, the lady in front of me decides to slam on her brakes. What happens? I didn't look up in time, and I rear-ended her, uh, and, you know, she, of course, got out of the car and was like, oh, my neck, and then she's like, what? Um, but I totaled my car, I got... It was in rush hour. It's 8.30 in the morning. So, like, people are not happy that I've caused an accident on 35. And so it was funny because, actually, I saw some people I used to go to church with. You know, I was, going, I was going to church with at the time, like, drive by me. And they were like, what? But, like, they never stopped. They just kept going. I was like, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, I got a lot of other gestures that morning sitting on the side of 35. Uh, but it totaled my car. And so when I see brake lights in front of me now, I freak out. Like, break, like, oop, nope, break. Um, and I typically throw that second hand on the wheel. And Courtney can attest to this because it scares her every time. And she's like, stop it. It's just a brake light, okay? You don't have to freak out every time. Um, and so but it scares her. But I automatically hit the brakes and throw up that second wheel. When storms of life come, that is the equivalent to throwing up that second hand on the wheel. When those storms come our way, when we have to make big decisions, when things don't go the way that they're supposed to go, what do we typically do? We put two hands on the wheel because we want to be in control. I don't put two hands on the wheel because I want to just let my car go wherever it goes and hit whatever it hits. I put two hands on the wheel so I can control my vehicle. So if I need to swerve out of the way, I can. You know, like... Anyone else in here, like, whenever you see brake lights and you get really close, you, like, swerve into the shoulder? I do that all the time. Drives Courtney nuts. She's like, really? Stay in the lane. The car's going to stop before then. And I'm like, but what if it doesn't? But uh, it's, it's, it's when we have to throw that second hand up is when we want control. Like I said, when we have to make big decisions. When we have a plan, but nothing's happening according to that plan, or when stuff happens in life with our families, with our friends, with our jobs that scare us, is when we want the most control, right? Graduates, you're entering in a totally different chapter of life. Stuff is going to be new, it's going to be different, and it's going to be scary. And there will be so many times now and in the future that you're going to get nervous, scared, and you're going to want to be in complete control of what's going on. And ultimately, that is the normal human reaction. That's a, that's a normal thing because we've all done it. We've all gotten to something that's happened and we're like, wait, nope, I, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing where this car goes. And we've got complete control, and we do. Like, we have complete control over our lives because we choose what we do. We choose where we want to go. We choose how we want to do it, and we keep going. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Most of y'all probably know this by heart. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not, underlined, do not 
lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God doesn't say when you're scared, put two hands on the wheel. When things aren't going right, take control. God doesn't tell us to do those things. God says, I want you to drive with no hands. When the storms of life hit us, when things get scary, when we don't know what's next, God says, let go. I think of that song Carrie Underwood wrote many, well, not many years ago, a few years ago. I'm not going to know older than I am. Jesus, take the wheel. Y'all ever heard that song? I love country music, so yeah, that's not country music. But uh, Jesus, take the wheel. So many times we try to control the outcome. We want to take control. We want to do things our way because we believe that we know the way out of the storm. But I love most importantly that last little part of verse six. And I love how the ESV version states it. It says, he will make straight your paths. Because we know how to get things crooked and messed up. We know how to turn the path. We know how to take the turns. It doesn't say anything else, but he will make straight your path. You think about Abraham, right? I thought about Abraham. You might not think about it. Now you're thinking about Abraham. I thought about Abraham when I was writing a sermon. Um, God, God made a promise to him. Abraham, there was no storm that caused Abraham to do what I'm about to remind you that he did. It was just out of his sheer impatience and him wanting to take control of the promise that God gave him that when God promised him, hey, you're going to be a father of many nations, you're going to birth a son in your old age, what did he do? He got impatient. And he went and he took his wife's servant, Hagar, and he had Ishmael. He wanted control, and he got control. But he got a whole other mess along with it. And then God's promise came true, right? So many times we want to take control when God just says, dude, I need you to let go. I know I'm guilty of this statement here, but I know what I want, so I'm going to do it. Anybody? You're like that? You're like, dude, I know what I want this to look like. Like, I have a terrible time delegating. Terrible time. It's something I am working on tremendously, especially as a youth pastor and, like, getting things done. Like, I put it all on my plate because, like, I want it a certain way. So I'm going to do it my certain way when I actually learn to, you know, let my wife do it because she's good at that stuff. But we do that mostly because we know what we want the outcome to be. We know our end destination or how we want things to look. Or even when it comes to someone else's life, we know how to get them somewhere and how to help them get there. But God doesn't say, take two hands and take control. But I can guarantee you one thing, God knows way, way more than you do. And he knows the correct route to get there. If there's anything that you get today, get this. And the reason why I said that is because my wife was like, you know what I love? She goes, I love it when, like, when you say, if there's anything you can get today, get this. Make this the point, right? So I included it in there. God doesn't ask us 
He doesn't ask us to be in control. He asks us to be obedient and trust him. He doesn't say, hey, hey, life's getting crazy. Here you go. Here's the steering wheel. Take it. Do what you want with it. He says, dude, give it to me. Allow me to take the wheel of your vehicle. Because we all know vehicles are just flying metal death traps. Well, plastic death traps. They're not so much metal anymore. Um, I can like, I can hit my own car and it dents. And I'm like, really? I'm not even that strong. But graduates, what is God calling you to? What's he calling you to do? And are you willing to be obedient to that? It's not easy to being obedient. Because God's going to, he's going to call you to some crazy things. And you're going to be like, what? You're crazy. But it's just being obedient. Because y'all, y'all all have great things in store. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to say that what you're going to do and what your plans are to do is not what God has said. But what is God speaking to your heart? What is he putting on your heart? What is he saying, this is what you're here for? And be obedient to what he's here for. But this sermon, this steering wheel illustration, it isn't just for the graduates. It's for every person in this room. It's for those of you that are driving with one hand. It's for those of you that are driving through the storms. Are you willing to trust God with the wheel when you're reaching out to grab it with two hands? Because we're all at different stages in life. We got grandparents in here. We got new parents in here. We got people who are kind of in between. And you're like, dude, I want my kids to have grandkids already so I can like love on my grandkids, right? We got all sorts of people in here. But th- th- this, 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 this point is for everyone. I had something totally different I had been planning for forever uh, to preach about today. And then, you know, God impressed us on my heart and I couldn't shake it. And so I was like, all right, Lord. And so I know that this sermon is for someone You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.